You're listening to The Scattered Cat Podcast. This is a place for agents of change, dreamers, and out-of-the-box thinkers to come together for all that is possible and for what has yet to have been done before. It is the guidebook for those ready to transform the world while transforming themselves in the process. It is a space for personal growth, deep healing, truth-seeking, and collective action. For those of you looking to develop your gifts and talents for the greater good of humankind, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Kat, bringing the inspiration you need to accomplish all the beauty you seek and to turn your daydreams into reality. So, Changemaker, are you ready? Hey, Changemakers, and welcome to this very special episode that I am recording specifically for survivors of sexual violence and for the people that support them. You can think of this episode as a sort of virtual audio tour of a very amazing monument and uh, creation that is here in my home state of Minnesota, and that is the Memorial for Survivors of Sexual Violence that is located in Boom Island Park in Minneapolis. Its creation was organized by a nonprofit group called Break the Silence Day, which is essentially a group that gets the word out and supports and provides resources for survivors of sexual violence and helps them to break the silence. If you're curious about them and more about what they do or how you can get involved, I'll be sure to put their link in the show notes, um, which you can find at scattercat.com. But for now, I'm going to continue on and give you the tour. And a good tour always starts with a little bit of a history lesson. (laughs) So let's go back in time a little bit to when I found out that this was a thing and that it was happening. So I actually heard about it first from my therapist, And at that time in my healing, I was kind of keeping everything that was advocacy-based at arm's length. I felt like I couldn't really handle anyone else's trauma stories or even look outside of my own for even a brief second. It just felt so overwhelming. And at that point, I still struggled to identify myself as a survivor of sexual violence because it wasn't a label that I wanted. It wasn't a group of people that I wanted to belong to. It wasn't even something that I wanted to talk about in my daily life. So we can kind of sum it up and say that I was in a point of a little bit of denial. But as normal, like my curiosity got the best of me. So when the local newspaper started covering stories about it and I followed Break the Silence um, on Facebook and other forms of social media, I gradually exposed myself to the project that they were working on, which was this memorial. And so I was participating from afar in watching its construction and watching the people who were involved with it and the people that supported it. As I made shifts in my therapy and began to come to terms with my own assaults and rape and kind of stepped into an empowered place of being of what had happened to me and still piecing myself back together to become a stronger version of myself, I was able to step into the ideology of this memorial a little bit more and embrace what 
it had to offer me and other survivors. And that's where the emotions started to come in. Because every time I saw a headline about it, I read the nation's first ever memorial for survivors of sexual violence. And that blew my mind. Honestly, one that it was going to be the one and only, the first ever. Like, how could that be possible when one in four women are affected by sexual violence? How is it just now in 2020 that there is a space in the community that is acknowledging the pains of so many women? So there were emotions of anger and surprise and a little bit of disgust with the rest of the world for being so slow to catch on that men and women had dealt with sexual violence for all this time. Like, how are we just now finding a space to acknowledge them outside of therapy or shelters or wherever they may find themselves seeking treatment or even a source of safety? And then the next emotions that came were feelings of pride and honor for this monument going up in my home state, which shifted into feeling so damn lucky that it was literally less than 15 minutes away from where I lived, that this was going to be something that I got to experience and participate in. And so I watched and I waited and I continued on with my treatment and therapy as they worked on the construction of this monument. And if I remember correctly, it was finished in mid or early October, but I didn't actually go see it until last week, which is about mid-November. And I didn't go see it right away because I wanted to wait until I was in a space to experience it fully myself. And then in a space to be able to share my experience with other survivors who are not in the vicinity and don't have this space in their own community. So now we're actually going to start the audio tour. So feel free to close your eyes unless you're driving, then please really keep those open. (laughs) Open your ears and just listen and try to visualize as I walk you through my experience. Okay, so Boom Island Park is, like I said, in Minneapolis, and it's right on the Mississippi River. And so you enter the park, and there's a few different pay lots, and you find a place to park. And the times that I have been there, it's it's pretty busy. There's a lot of runners, walkers, joggers, people playing frisbee with their dogs, people of all age groups, kids to elderly adults. And I'm not totally sure on this, but I think that it's a place where people can put like kayaks or canoes or even boats in the water. Don't know for sure about that. But it is a popular place for people to congregate and be social or be antisocial and just go about their own things. There are a few picnic areas, a few shelter areas, along with a bridge and a trail and a lot of green grass area and a playground. It's a pretty wide open space in general, and so finding the memorial was not something difficult. So I rolled up, just me and my little blue car, and I I parked in the lot and easily picked out the monument as there's three large stone pillars at its entrance 
And so you go past the three pillars and then there is a large stone circle with stone benches that is just a wide open space for you to sit. From afar, it wouldn't really seem like much, but there is a lot of thought and very conscious effort in how they created the space, which was very quickly apparent from when I entered myself. So as I approach the first of the three pillars, I see a mosaic of a figure, not really having a gender assigned to it, but it's all in mosaic and it's they're portrayed in red and kneeling on the ground and kind of crying out. They're surrounded by darkness. I think that was the hardest one to look at. And if you're a survivor, I think you know the feeling that that image invokes is that moment or moments and days and weeks after the event or series of events of the trauma or the traumatic experience that you feel so incredibly alone and broken and sitting in a place of such deep darkness that you have no idea what your life is going to look like going forward. So on the side of this first pillar are the words written, you are not alone, and you go around to the back and like the other pillars, they're all mosaics and representations of the survivor's journey. And on the flip side of that first pillar was that same person who was alone and being met with another person who sits with them in their darkness. As you move on to the next pillar, you see that those original images have advanced and that they've taken the form of actual humans. And so on the second pillar, you see what I believe is a representation of two indigenous women, one of them being a woman sitting on the ground in a red dress, and she's being helped up by the other woman, and then behind her stands another woman wearing a hijab. The basic idea of it is that more women are coming in from different walks of life to support the, the survivor in her journey. On the side of this pillar is the message, we stand with you. And the mosaic on the flip side of it is that woman who was on the ground, standing tall in her own identity. Her face doesn't have an expression, but she's at least standing tall and seemingly stepping into her new reality, her new and new aspects of her identity and her life story. And then you step forward to the third and final pillar, and you see just a breathtaking mosaic of women from all walks of life, all cultures, all skin tones, all ethnicities and religions. And you see men in there too, lined up side by side and expanding into the backdrop, giving you this feeling that there is more and more and more people to stand up and to come forward and that this is a very profound issue and occurrence in the world but the beauty of it is in that they are all standing together and supporting each other and that their experience bonds them to each other on the side of this pillar you see the words we believe you inscribed and i'll read you now what is written on the other side of the mosaic. And it says, Memorial to Survivors of Sexual Violence. This memorial, which stands on the land of the Dakota Oyate, 
honors the experiences of the countless people in Minnesota who have endured sexual violence. Survivors surround all of us, though we often don't know who they are. Survivors have been silenced by a justice system that fails to hold perpetrators accountable and by a society that most often invalidates, blames, and shames survivors if they speak out. As a community, we are choosing to break the silence that protects perpetrators and isolates survivors in their suffering. Judith Herman, MD, wrote, All the perpetrator asks is that the bystander do nothing. The victim, on the contrary, asks the bystander to share the burden of pain. The victim demands action, engagement, and remembering. Let this memorial be a place for dialogue and truth-telling, a place that inspires allies to engage and take action, a place to remember the horrific reality of sexual violence that is prevalent in every community in Minnesota. Let this memorial state that we believe survivors, support survivors, and stand with survivors in solidarity. And of course, that message extends way beyond the borders of Minnesota. It extends beyond the U.S. It is global. It is worldwide. And I'm so honored to be able to share that with you. Though it wasn't a creation of my own, I feel that it is a part of me. And I hope that you do too if you're a survivor listening to this. But that wasn't the only part of the memorial. As you finish looking at the three pillars, you're led into the circle area I mentioned earlier. You can be seated on one of the stone benches. And as you sit down, you look down and you see circles within circles and overlapping into other circles, which are representations of the ripple effect that sharing your voice and sharing your story and supporting and lifting up the voices of survivors, the ripple effect that that has in the community and in the world at large. And I thought it was just so beautiful because the space, the benches are set up in that circle. And so as you're sitting there, you're looking across at what could be another survivor or an ally or someone who's been affected by sexual violence in any form or way in their life. And you understand the profound value of seeing that person and recognizing that person and just sitting and being present with them. Like you see in the first pillar where the survivor was alone, but someone stepped in and gradually the whole community stepped in. And that was so incredibly powerful. And I sat in that circle for about half an hour or so. And in that time, I kind of went through a range of emotions from calm and being seen, but also feeling vulnerable. But that vulnerability being met and validated by the memorial and that and the people that entered into the circle and that took the time to read the messages inscribed on the pillars and to engage with other people in the circle. And I watched all age groups and genders and ethnicities and all different sorts of people enter and walk by and acknowledge. And I overheard different conversations starting between those who entered together. And I thought, that this was just so beautiful and profound in so many ways. Simply by providing a safe place for survivors and the community to come together, it was literally creating waves of change in every small interaction. 
sometimes there wasn't even a need for words. Just being seen as I sat there in that circle was enough and to be respected in my presence was so powerful. As a survivor, I've spent most of my time fighting the ugliness and the feeling of being alone in my head and being by myself. I've gradually opened up to friends and family members and people who are regular readers of Scattered Cat. I've put some of my story out there and some of the pieces of who I am, but I've never been able to show up so wholly in that. And I'm about to cry. <laughs> so sorry. But that's what I felt. I identified with the people in those mosaics, seeing how they had once been shattered to pieces, but put all of them together and add in a community. And you have just such a recipe for understanding and change and beauty. And so for once, I felt proud to be a survivor of sexual violence. I felt so proud to be able to sit in that circle and to look other people in the eyes and to be seen so fully. Because anyone who enters into that sacred space is proof of overcoming the things that we thought would end us, the things that made us feel so isolated and alone before, to be able to show up there and to receive that support. It's going to be such a memorable part of my life. I am so happy to be able to share and extend this to you now and to let you know that just because that space exists here in Minnesota, you still have access to it. And whether that's in your own community or in the Scattered Cat community or just in a little group of friends, that support and that space is out there for you to be seen and for you to be heard and for you to be safe and supported in doing so. So please remember that you are not alone and that other survivors and the community will come together and stand with you and that we believe you and we honor your struggles and we honor the person who you are now. You're a fighter. You are so strong. You are so worthy of loving and beautiful things. And I hope you carry that with you wherever you go. Okay, changemakers. Make sure you head on over to scatteredcat.com. Track down this episode. I'll put links to the things that you should know about and things that you might be curious about, especially Break the Silence and how they made this monument a possibility and perhaps how it could be a possibility in a community near you or yours. And if you consider yourself an ally or a change maker in the realm of supporting survivors of sexual violence, I please, please, please ask you to share this with someone who you know has been affected or to just put it out there on social media in general. You never know who could be needing words of comfort and assurance that there is space for them to be seen and to heal. Until next week, take care. <laughs>